Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, how are you? I am great. Uh, this one has been delayed because of scheduling and also because we had to get all the paperwork done for him before we could put this one out there. But I'm really excited about the guy that we have on the show today because these are exciting when we get to meet new people and and people that will will matter for the future of Indiana basketball, the immediate future of Indiana University basketball. Uh, and you know who means a lot? to the present of the Hoosier Hysterics is a company that we are powered by. Communitycars.com Sponsor of the pod Hoosier Hysterics Communitycars.com Hoosier Legends Talk with Ward and Eric Just sultry tones. Sultry tones. Smooth. Um... Communitycars.com. I had a good conversation with Evan today. We were talking about both of us trying to get in shape for the fantasy camp that is coming up in August. Go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com. HoosierFantasyExperience.com if you've not signed up yet. Going to be a packed weekend. Golf outing, fantasy experience, fantasy camp, fan fest, women's youth camp. Going to be amazing. Blown ACLs. (laughs) At least one. Um and I'm probably, I'm probably, if you're laying odds this year, I'm the one to bet on. Yeah, we should, instead of having like a dead pool, have like a ligament pool. Like, like a ligament pole pool. <laughs> um, but just another chance to talk to Evan. I, I love every conversation we have. He's such a thoughtful guy. And, and his company is an amazing part of the Indiana University community. If you want to buy your car online and never talk to a human being, they'll do that for you. They'll send you the paperwork with those cute things I've talked about before with the arrow stickers to tell you where to sign. They give you a self-addressed stamped envelope. You're done. They even take care of getting your license and registration now so you don't have to go to the DMV. They take care of all of that for you, which I love. Uh, If you want to talk to somebody and you want to go in, you're going to get treated with respect. They're going to take their time with you. You're not going to be sold a bill of goods. They've got a ton of brands. Go to communitycars.com. Whether you want new or used or you want to sell your car, they're the ones for you. Again, not sure exactly when this episode is releasing, so I don't know if the visit has happened or not. Wait, is this going to be for our next segment? segment, The segment where we are brought to you by... IU Ventures presents a segment without pretense. Who's your hoop live just for you? Did you forget which words you use for that? Yeah, I just forgot where I was, truthfully. <laughs> IUVentures.com. Look, we're coming to the end of our first year partnership with them, and they've been an amazing partner, and they are an amazing part of Indiana University. They are the only part of Indiana University. Let me try that again. <laughs> that, that, looked like it was, that, that looked like something that was spelled on the front of an Indiana football jersey. <laughs> yeah, Indiana, 
They are the best part of Indiana University. They are an amazing part of Indiana University and the only part of IU that actually writes checks to entrepreneurs. IU staff, faculty, students, or alumni is who they focus on. Companies that have IU DNA built into them, they fund those companies. They allow investors like any of us to go to iuventures.com, sign up for the free newsletter. You could become an angel investor in one of these companies. And, and they are companies that run the gamut of business from cancer therapies to cutting edge medicine and biotech to uh, adult vegan ice cream, to vegan ice cream, to apparel companies. They are an incredible asset to Indiana University. And we are proud that they have been our partner for this last year. IUVentures.com. They're the sponsor of Hoosier Hoopla. And Hoosier Hoopla right now is all about the transfer portal. Yeah, I'm not going to even let you get there yet. You know this is coming. This is going to sweeten the pot. But this is okay. We're gonna we're not going to talk about Anthony Richardson, the freak athlete, NBA. Uh, not NBA. Damn it. See, I knew you didn't want to do this, so I'm trying to rush through it. But it's I'm good. Trying to power and through it. You're gonna enjoy this, okay? Because it's not about Anthony Richardson, the freak <clears throat> NFL combined superstar with worlds of talent that's going to rescue the Colts franchise and bring us back to glory. It's about a tight end. They drafted a few rounds later by the name of Will Mallory. Yes, that's right. The grandson of Bill Mallory, whose father, the son of Bill Mallory, was on the IU coaching staff, the football staff with Bill. This kid played down at Miami. He's a big, fast tight end with a lot of great measurables. And he was, I want to say, the sixth, fifth round draft pick of the Indianapolis Colts. So the family still has a lot of great feelings and ties to the Hoosier State. And yeah, we'd like to officially. Not, not close enough to send that tight end to Indiana. Well, when you can go to Miami. You know, a lot, look, of, a lot of Miami connections to this episode of Carpool. Or this is why I'm. <laughs> got a lot on your mind got a lot going on oh boy um but it's transfer portal season in the basketball world and again not sure exactly when this episode is coming out so the visit may have just happened or about to happen but this weekend the weekend of may 6th which is also the weekend of my daughter's bat mitzvah mazel tov thank you uh we got a wait, huge huge wait. visitor yeah Jeff Rabjohns is coming to the bat mitzvah. That is a huge visitor. It is. It is. We are rolling out the red carpet in Los Angeles for Rabbi. He is coming. We are excited. I mean, I figured I talked to Rabbi so much, probably more, you, Rabbi, and Holly are the three people I talk to the most and my kids. How can I not have him at the bat mitzvah? And my daughter getting bat mitzvah, Stella Monroe Pankowski, is the one that named him DJ Jazzy Jeff Rabjohns. And he is the rabbi of recruiting. He is. And speaking of recruiting, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name, but McKenzie, five-star decommit from Duke. The guy has like everything that we want in a player, six foot eight, can score. He's on the wing. You, you start salivating when you think about him paired with Khalil Ware, paired with Malik Renew, you know, paired with Xavier Johnson. It's all of it. He checks all the box. It's completely tantalizing. And you drop him in there, and now you're like, this is a starting five that's as 
you know, arguably more talented than what I think anybody else is going to put out in the Big Ten. I don't know exactly what Michigan has cooking for next year, who's coming up there, but it's certainly one where we're, we're all living in fear of this big drop-off from all the starters we lost this year, including an All-American and a potential lottery pick. Um, but, but boy, it seems like we're one commit away from being wildly optimistic about next season. Yeah, and, and we're just looking for a reason. I mean, oh, we are yeah. just looking for a reason. We need it. I get the anxiety. I mean, you and I have felt it. It is, it's been a tough portal season after the, you know, look, we, we've gotten Khalil Ware and we've gotten Peyton Sparks and another gentleman who we just got done talking to. So this is a little bit of, you know, memento playing it this way. But the, we, we've missed on some big targets too. We have big holes on the team. We know where the holes are. We know we need shooting. We know we need scoring. And the guy visiting this weekend is could fill a major hole. So I'm excited. I'm also excited to get done with this intro because my brain isn't working at full capacity. And even at full capacity, it's a struggle. I'm And I'm giggling at the fact that you said fill a major hole. Boy. <laughs> I mean, and with that, let's get to our guest. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's here. He's with us. He is the newest Indiana Hoosier, and we are so excited to meet him. Eric, who is this gentleman specifically? We are talking to a gentleman who hails from Baltimore, Maryland, or as they say there, Baltimore. I think that's how it goes, Baltimore. He is from the DMV, which we know is a hotbed of basketball activity. He did not start playing basketball till he was 15 years old. The same time, Ward and I reached our peak at basketball <laughs> level and skill. We are talking to a gentleman who went to Perry Hall High School in Maryland, where he helped lead his team to back-to-back -to -back state titles his sophomore and junior years, the only two state titles that that school had ever won. In those playoffs his junior year, he did hit a game-winning shot in the playoffs, and we are going to talk all about that. He then went on to one of the most acclaimed and, and heralded prep schools in the country, Brewster Academy, for his senior year, where they won a national prep championship. They appeared in the NEPSAC AAA title game. He was a four-star prospect, but rated by ESPN. He chose Miami over Kansas, Maryland, Pitt, Seton Hall, and VCU. What has he done at Miami? Well, he's won. That's what he's done. He's a conference champion. He's been to the Final Four. We're not going to talk too much about that Final Four run because it did have a stepping stone in there by the name of Indiana. We don't need to get into that, but this is a dude who plays his ass off. His sophomore year, he had five double-digit rebound games. He had four double-doubles. His junior year, he led Miami with five boards in the Elite Eight, Elite Eight game against the eventual NCAA champion, Kansas. I also want to point out that he had a huge game his sophomore year, scoring 16 points on six of nine shooting in a victory over Duke, which we always like to point out whenever anybody beats Duke. He had 17 points, seven rebounds, and a career-high four assists, two steals, and two blocks in 36 minutes in the regular season finale against Boston College. He entered the transfer portal this last year, and God led him to the promised land. That is why he is with Indiana University, we are pleased to welcome, for the first time, introducing to the Indiana University faithful, Anthony Edward Walker III. 
I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that was All right, good. So before we get into this, I think we're already friends. We got to know, do you have a nickname? Because if you have a nickname, friends call each other by their nicknames. Do you have a nickname? <laughs> nah, they just call me Ant. Ant, that's good. That works. That's good, man. All right, Aunt. so Ant, yeah, go for it, Ward. Where are you? What? Where, where are you Zooming from? And when do you get to Bloomington? Currently in Miami still. I got to finish up some classes here. And then as soon as I graduate from here, I'm going straight to Bloomington. We got to we gotta get straight to work, get straight to the gym. And yes. what are you graduating with a degree in? Sociology. Really? So walk me through that a little bit. What does that mean? What, 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 is, what is a sociology degree? Right. So, um, so basically what stemmed my, my interest in it was my mom. She has a sociology degree at Bowie State University in Maryland. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I like, like learning how people think, learning how people talk. I like having conversations, especially hard conversations about controversial topics. So I think this is something that I wanted to, wanted to dive deep in, especially in my education, to learn more about it. And Great. Well, let's start with abortion. You're no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> is that is that something you will be uh, continuing your studies in when you get up to Bloomington? Oh uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I've, I've obviously met with the academic advisor on my visit, and she was very nice. And we got to run through some of the some of the grad programs they offer, and hopefully that's that's the one I decide to choose. So, Ant, let's get into the the choice to transfer and then to land at Indiana. Your your recruitment obviously was a fast one, as all transfer portal recruitments are. But can you give us a a, a sense of when that started for you, when you decided you were going to transfer, and then how did Indiana present itself as an option to you? Um, so, yeah, so uh, throughout the whole season, of course, I'm, I'm extremely locked in on the season and extremely locked in on, on the goal that we had in mind, and that was to win the national championship. And after our defeat against UConn, um, Coach allowed us a couple of days to, to kind of regress, remember the season, think about what we want to do next. And, of course, I met with my family during that time and talked. And I have one more year of eligibility left on the court, so I wanted to I wanted to transfer to a new school, to a new environment, and I wanted to uh, test my luck and hopefully uh, play for one of the schools that I really look up to, which is Indiana University, which I was blessed to be recruited by. And how did they go about recruiting you? It's been likened to speed dating as far as how quickly this has to go and you and you and you pick your match in short order. So can can you walk us through the process, both uh, the communication with them and then your decision process? Right. So after a couple of days, I put my name in a portal. Uh, one of the assistants hit me up and, and explained his interest in me and the type of athlete I am. And we were probably texting for about a week week and a half before I actually got up there on a visit. So it, like you said, it was like speed dating. It was pretty fast. And, and once I got there, I got to see how amazing the people were, how amazing the environment was. And of course, how dedicated the coaches and the players were. I just couldn't resist the fact to realize this is the next home for me. Was that assistant Kenya? Was he the one who first reached out to you? Yes. Got it. So did you know Kenya before that conversation or just when you waxed our ass in the NCAA tournament? Was that the first time that you met him? <laughs> first time that I met him was at the NCAA tournament. But of course, I had to had to do a little research on him because, of course, they were our opponents. So 
I had to know a bit about, about his coaching style, about the types, the types of teams he coached before, the types of teams he played on. But I haven't met him before before that point. Wow. Somebody you had met before was Xavier Johnson, and I believe he he helped facilitate you coming to IU and giving you a real feel for what the program was all about. Can you talk a little bit about your your history with him and how um, he helped you make this wonderful decision? Yeah, of course. Uh, he started at Pitt, and actually when I was visiting colleges at Pitt when I was in high school, he was my shadow. So he was the guy showing me around the campus and stuff at Pitt. So I've known him for for four or five years now. So just knowing him for the person he is, obviously meeting him and, and knowing his personality on that Pitt visit, and of course playing against him for the years that I've been in college, knowing how great of a competitor he is, competitor he is just aided in the process of me coming down to, to Bloomington that much faster. So and he actually uh, hosted my visit here, too. So just, awesome. just being able to see familiar faces, especially uh, his dedication to the program and, and me knowing how seriously he takes the game and how seriously he takes winning, just made the decision all more comfortable. And how Are... seriously he's going to take feeding you the ball. Uh, hey, hey, that's that's a great idea. <laughs> we talked about that one, too. <laughs> so you get up to Bloomington. What was your first impression? What was the first thing that hit you in Bloomington where you're like, oh, this is this is interesting? Yeah, I, I was I was actually like, this is it. Because, you know, being in Miami is not really a college town. Right. So, so seeing how how the whole community in Bloomington is, is revolved around the university and how much support and love they pour into the university. Just I felt the energy right away. What, and then how about walking into Assembly Hall? Oh, yeah, that, that, that place is full of history. And, and, and the fact that it looks as amazing as it does, it, it holds as, as many seats as it does. It's just, and then walking through it with, of course, Coach Woodson, it just makes the experience that much better. So that, that, that place is full of history. Now, we know Coach Woodson's recovering from a knee surgery. Was he really walking around with you or was somebody wheeling him throughout? Oh, oh no, don't, don't get it twisted. That man is walking around. He's a, <laughs> he, he, he's a pretty stubborn guy. He's not going to let a little, little knee surgery hold him down. So he's, now, he's moved. We, we've heard a lot from high school recruits and even some transfers, too, that one of the big draws for playing for Indiana with Mike Woodson as the head coach is his NBA experience, both as a player and a coach for decades. Did did that impact you at all, The his connection to the league? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, he, he's been in the league. He's, he has been in the league for, for, for a pretty long time, and, and, and the people he knows and the people he's been around and the players he know, the players he's gotten the pleasure of coaching, is you can't buy that anywhere. You know, that, that's, that's a once-in-a-lifetime coach, a once-in-a-lifetime man with a once-in-a-lifetime. Once of course, being a part of that is, is something I take really serious, and, I, and, and I'm really blessed to be a part of. Now, when you're talking to him about your game, his style of play, does he pretty well lay it out? Do they look at film? Is it the assistance on that conversation? How did they, I'm not going to say sell you, but let's say talk to you about how what you bring to the table is something that they want to have on the court for them. Right. The film is something that they that they really expressed was a, was a huge thing at their university and how they ran things. And, and we went through the film of their style of play, how they wanted me to play. Of course, my film, Resembling the style of play that they have, everyone was in the office. Every all the coaches from from Mike Woodson to to the the last assistant, everyone was there. So, just having that family aspect, having that aspect that everyone's hands on, 
everyone has a plan, everyone is well educated on the plan and, and everyone is connected. Not having been able to to watch you play while you were at Miami, it, again, we ignored the one game where you guys played us. Um, could you give us a couple specifics about about your game and even how you want to grow it while you're at IU and how that relates to what the vision they they gave you as to how they see next year's team playing? Right, of course. Um, I'm someone that, that takes pride in trying to be the fastest one on the court at all times. I've, I've, I've learned being at, at UM that basketball is like a race. The first back on defense, the first back on offense. So I take pride in trying to be the first in both those directions. Of course, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy with a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. So just being able to switch one through, one through five on defense, guard multiple positions is something that expresses is extremely important for their ball screen defense. How tall are you? 6'8". What's, what's your, your reach? wingspan? Yeah, 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 what's the wingspan? 7'3". Nice. Seven, is that? That's like unofficially. We measured it on, on, on the visit. That's like a on little unofficial. Wall? Yeah, on the wall, you know, I had to stretch out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, look, Eric's frozen. He had some guy working on his house before you jumped on, and, like, the <laughs> lights went out for a moment. So we'll see if he comes back. Okay. Um, but, you know, talking about that visit and going around Cook Hall, um, I do wonder because, you know, you're of an age where um, – a lot of the great Indiana teams, including from Mike Woodson's era, were before you were born. And sure. I just wonder, as somebody who grew up with it and has lived it kind of every day of my life, how how much of that did you know? How many of those NBA players that are on the walls were you aware were Hoosiers? Or how much of that information was new to you? Right, of course. Um I did watch a lot of basketball growing up. So, actually, a lot of the basketball players on the walls were a complete surprise to me. I mean, the newer ones. Obviously, there was a lot of people I didn't know didn't know who they were. And, of course, Coach Woodson gave me the rundown and gave me the history behind the players in specific that that he really thought he needed to speak about. But I didn't, I didn't really. And, of course, sorry. Oh, That's okay. Can you can hear you, but your video. There we go. You're back. Okay, so yeah, just just having him run down the, the, the history between the players and, and and just being able to soak in the 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 history with the little bit of time I was there was 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 very informative and, and something I wanted to learn more about, of course, because that place is rocking. You know, and I, I watched a couple games, you know, watching the film leading up to our game against them, or my old school's game against them. But just just being able to, to learn about the history and now to be a part of it, of course, is a once in a lifetime opportunity that I won't take for granted at all. So I want to ask about the transfer part because you're still in Miami. I imagine you're still talking to a lot of your friends that are on the team. Right. Is it is it weird at all? Like once you decide to transfer, are like are you not allowed in the gym anymore? Or do the players give you a cold shoulder? Like what what is that part like? And and one thing I've we've tried to stress as a uh, as a team last year to the media was that this, this is truly your brotherhood. This is truly a brotherhood. Everyone here from Coach L to the walk-on wants the best for anyone that has been in the program, no matter how long they've been in the program. So Coach L is here for me. I'm still taking classes here. He, he He's lent out a helping hand to help with that, to help with anything I need. He still allows me in the, in the facilities. And, of course, my teammates are my brothers. We went through, I went to war with them every day in practice, every day in the weight room. So they, if anything, they're the most supportive people in my in my corner right now.
And of course, we still hang out, we still work out together, and we still sharpen each other's saw. So we still we're still working together. That's very just warming to hear. And I, I I have no doubt it's genuine from the way you speak of it. But I would also think practically as a coach, as a program, this is the new reality we're living in. Players are coming in and out of the portal every year. And if you're not cool to your own guys when they have an opportunity elsewhere, I mean, that's not going to help you trying to get other guys coming back in. So that just that just seems like a, a, a good way to be a human being and a good way to run your program. Exactly. So you said you like controversial topics. I want to hit on a on a couple because I am no, I'm not going back to the abortion topic, <laughs> but I I am I do want to ask you about the transfer portal in general because I think there's a lot of people who think, all right, look, especially with somebody like you, you've only got one year of eligibility left. And I think some people look around college basketball and say, man, it's really turned into this like mercenary sport where a guy's not happy with where he's at, he's got one more year he's going to transfer to a place where he can showcase his skills and, and prepare himself for professional basketball in some way in the life after college. But that means maybe that the team isn't focused on and the team isn't the priority the way it would be if you're a high school kid coming into college and you think this is going to be my home for four years. Here, you know, it's only your home for one year. What do you say to people that would be like raise an eyebrow and go, man, he's just coming in for one year. How's he ever going to put the team first? Right. And um, it, that's, that's a good question. And it's it, it all comes down to the player and it all comes down to the type of personality that your coaching staff recruits. Because and I, I, and I can only speak for myself, but of course, I've been in Miami for four years. And, and to me, this is my last this is my last hurrah. This is my last shot. So this program is going to get everything out of me, whether it's for one year or one week. You know what I mean? So just uh, you just trusting in the player that that has chosen your program is something that I think is, is is extremely huge. You just have to trust. You just have to believe, because at the end of the day, nobody likes losing. Now you may not like the team, but you also don't like losing. So just just and and for the players I've been around, from the players that necessarily didn't like. The place that they were at and were happy to move on and, and were counting down the days to move on they always came in to practice with their brothers that the people that they know that that they have to protect that they have to fight for so just knowing that there's a brotherhood in in, in your program and trusting that there's a brotherhood in your program i think is something that's huge when it comes to things like this you have seen it on the other side where you guys had some very high profile transfers come in um, that became a whole national firestorm in the media. Uh, but it worked. I mean, it really worked. And I'm curious, you watched it happen from the inside, this team come together and make this great run in March. What do you, what do you think, whether it be from the player side or, or from the coaching staff, what allowed you guys to, to gel so relatively quickly to become so formidable in, in one season? Um, and, and all the credit has to go to Coach L for his professionalism and, and, and the teachings that he teaches. I mean, he's been around he's been around coaching for a very long time. He's been around people for a very long time. So just knowing how people were trusting that he would recruit the right type of guys that would gel with his guys is something that we have faith in. And, and, and right from the first day that they walked in, all all of them, from the freshmen to the to the sophomore transfers like Nigel Pack, obviously no, no Chad O'Meara. Just having them come in and, and, and their personalities mesh just like that. 
and of course seeing their drive and, and their dedication to what we all wanted was to win, you know, and, and to do something that we had done the year before, which was make the Elite Eight. So just believing in them, obviously they believed in us, they bought in, they were very eager to learn, uh, embrace the change of programs, and, and we went to war together every day. So Anthony, when you're there, I mean, you, you've been in college basketball long enough before NIL and now NIL is a big reality. And like Ward talked about, look, Nigel Pack's deal got publicized and Ruiz down there put his money where his mouth is and, and got, you know, put his money up to get some, some good players, but that got a lot of attention. It seemed in the media, like it caused some strife between Isaiah Wong and, and, uh, Nigel, um, at least the way the media portrayed it. Did, did What was your impression when you were reading those stories and seeing that and Nigel was coming in and he was getting this big deal? How did you internalize that and deal with it? Um, again, I think this NIL space is a, is a, is a, is a great, obviously there's, there's some, some bad people in here, but I think this is a great time. I think we're, as college students, we're allowed to monetize ourselves now. And I think that's bigger than ever. Obviously, we need to do it the right way, but I think that's bigger than ever. And just learning about my new teammate having the opportunity that he had, I mean, I can't do anything but be gracious. I mean, just having that opportunity happen to someone so close to me just made me feel like it could happen for any of us on the team. You know what I'm saying? Bringing that spotlight to the team, and it, it was just good. Uh, and he took it very well. He took it right to the chin like 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 a real man should. I mean, he he's only – 21 so just being thrown in all that media spotlight making the type of money he makes i mean he handled it pretty well and and it didn't didn't cause any disagreements in our locker room everyone was extremely supportive everyone had his back whenever he needed to talk about anything or anything like that so i mean just just being a part of that team was special all right i get that but when you're all out to dinner right you're going to get something and the bill comes uh-huh. And Nigel's sitting at the table. <laughs> Please tell me you just looked at him and didn't even make a move for your wallet. Please tell I me. Looked at him, my arms just started to shrink. Seven three went. <laughs> it was like five seven. I couldn't reach anything anymore. <laughs> it's all good fun. It's all good fun. That's great. All right. Um, let's do this. Let's go in the time machine a little bit. We love to get to know the players that play for Indiana, as you probably got a taste when you were there for your visit. Fans love Indiana University basketball, and we are obsessed with Indiana University basketball players. We want to know about you. We want to support you. So let's go back to growing up in Maryland. I am really interested in this idea that you did not start playing basketball really till the age of 15. So growing up in Maryland, what kind of kid were you? What was your family life like? I was on those video games. I was on those video games heavy. I was I was on the Call of Duty. I was playing the 2K. I was watching a little bit of basketball, not a lot, but I was the kid, go to school. I was good at everything at recess. I was probably always the most athletic. <laughs> go to after program, go home, get on the game. Not really that much basketball at all. And and you didn't have, you know, coaches, teachers, people around. I mean, I, they had to be asking you every year, hey, are you going to play? Are you going to play? Of course. Of course. And it, it didn't. I think, I think one time we had like a teachers versus students in, in elementary school. This was really young. Oh, middle school, maybe. Little teachers versus students game after school, and I played in that, but it wasn't really that much to it. I was trying to get home to that game. <laughs> now, now, what, what system were you using? Were you an Xbox guy or a... New, no, new, new. I was on the PlayStation. I was on the PlayStation. It had to be. 
And what what was your first console? Do you remember? Was it like a PS3? Uh, I think it was a Game Boy. Mm, it was really? either GameCube. I had both, but I don't know which one came first. All right. The GameCube, you could hook up like 18 controllers, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, I have to imagine you're still gaming. Yes, that doesn't just go of away. Of course. Of course. I got a whole setup now. Everything's like, trust me, I got three monitors. It's, it's crazy now. Do you have a yeah. special gamer chair? I know that that's a big thing. Gamers buy like a real comfortable chair that they can just go for hours with, in. Do you have one of those? With speakers and a headrest. Then the, those are a little expensive. I don't. I just got a little I just got the locker room chair from uh from University of Miami. So and what right. are you what are you playing these days? What what's your go-to game right now? Everything. everything. Um right now probably UFC. I'm a huge UFC fan. So I've been playing a lot of UFC lately, but again, the Call of Duty, the 2K, the sports games, Madden. I'm on, a, I'm on a lot of different games. Who's your favorite fighter? Favorite fighter? It used to be Joanna Young Jacek, but she just retired, of course. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Nate Diaz fan. I like his mentality. Yeah. It's like hard rock. I like, I like his mentality right now. Is that something you could ever see yourself doing? Could you be a UFC fighter? <sighs> I don't like to get punched. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like <laughs> have have you been punched in your life? Have you been in a fight? Mom Deuce, Mom Deuce can punch pretty hard now. <laughs> <laughs> Mom Deuce is so strong. <laughs> That's great. All right, so you're growing up in Maryland. Are you a seafood guy? Are you a crab guy? You like crab? I do love I love crab. Love crab, love shrimp. I'm not really a big sushi guy. A lot of people in Miami eat sushi. I'm probably one of the last ones left. Yeah, yeah. Sushi's become the new kind of, you know, trendy food that everybody eats. Yeah. Like 20 years ago. I mean, well, it's, yeah. It's kind I of mean, look, I grew up in St. Louis. In Peru, Indiana didn't have people eating sushi, right? They still don't. And you don't really have to worry about it in Bloomington either. When you're yeah. that far away from the ocean, I say don't go for sushi. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um NBA, uh, you said you watched a little uh, basketball. Were there players that you did just kind of keep an eye on? Like, oh, I like how that guy plays. Who who were some of the players you looked up to? Growing up, it was it was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was extremely, extremely fast, athletic, very exciting to watch. I remember really being a fan of him, and unfortunately, he got injured a couple times. And since then, I've been the biggest Giannis fan you guys have probably ever met. Mm, really? 100%. Um, 100%. Now, have you ever met him? I haven't, but I okay. So I like to say my love is unconditional. So I had went to the uh, the summer league. I think it was two years ago. I went to the summer league, and I was sitting um, on the floor, so like front row at the game courtside. In I Vegas. Remember, in Vegas, yes. And I remember seeing him and all his brothers walk in, and he had to be at least four, maybe five seats away from me. And I just remember looking. You're like, I like that guy. <laughs> Focusing on the game, I swear. I swear. My love is unconditional. I don't need to meet him. He just needs to continue being the player he is and the person he is. <laughs> yeah, they, they say, you know, you might not want to meet your heroes, but yeah. I think Giannis seems like a guy who wouldn't disappoint. At whatever yeah. point you get to shake his hand, he seems like one of the, the great ones. But it's funny because when we ask people – when did you first find the game of basketball? They're like, well, I was four and I was going with my older brother to the gym. But with you, it coming on so late, what did finally get you out from behind the console and onto the court 
in a serious way. Mom Dukes. <laughs> yes. Mom, Mom Dukes. We actually lived in um, Clayton County, Georgia, my ninth grade year of high school. So at, at some point, you got to go outside and do something. You can't just stay in the game all day, do the game the rest of your life. So Mom, she, she signed me up for a basketball team called Georgia Shop. I went in there and tried out. The coach really liked me. I think he just liked my size. I, I couldn't have been that good back then. It was no way. It was no way. I think he liked my size. I ended up joining the team and I did a season there and then moved back to moved back to Maryland, Perry Hall, Maryland, my tenth, eleventh grade year. And obviously I did I did high school there and then that's when my basketball career really started to take off. Was Mom Deuce a player? Mom Deuce was not a player, but she has the height like a player. She does. How tall is Mom Deuce? Keep it between us. She's six foot. She gonna okay. tell you she's five eleven. She's six. <laughs> I was gonna say at some point when Mom Deuce saw this giant sitting in a little chair playing Call of Duty, she was probably like, "Get your ass outside and exactly. go do something with that six foot eight jeans that I gave you." Exactly. She's probably like, unless they're starting to give away scholarships for being on a Game Boy. Because hey. um, I'm. Been- just recently, so it, yeah. they definitely wasn't doing that when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get back up there to Maryland, and obviously, you you get into a program that is going to win at the highest of heights at that level. Just kind of take us through the process of like you're still just learning how to play basketball, and now you're on a team that's going to win a couple of state titles. How how did that like? I just imagine that's like the best case scenario for somebody right. sussing out if they want to keep playing basketball. Right. So, so joining that school, obviously um, it, it was pretty quick, kind of like, who is this guy? Let's get him on the basketball team. And they actually gave me the decision because I was in 10th grade. So I was still eligible to play JV or I could just go straight to varsity and play. And of course, with the varsity coaches input, I wouldn't play that much on varsity because I'm new out here. I'm green. I don't know that much about the sport. So being able to play JV and, and get them reps in and, and get that court time in just really helped me out. And, of course, I got pulled up uh, when our season was over JV. They were have, making their state championship run. I got to play the quarterfinal in the, in the state championship, I think. I didn't play that much, obviously, but being there and being around those players helped me propel my game and my, and my maturity for next year when I, when I made a big impact and started for the team. So uh, we have to ask – because this is an experience that Ward and I have never had. When was the first time you dunked the basketball? Oof, I think it was. It was before I started playing on the team. So we, uh, so when I moved to Atlanta, it was kind of like the at the beginning of Christmas break of my eighth grade year. So I was there from eighth grade Christmas break all the way to the my end of my ninth grade year. So in that eighth grade, when I transferred to my new school, I think in gym class. I, I, I know in gym class. You I know. Remember. Don't play it coy. You know when it was. You know who was there. You know who you dunked on. You know what girl was watching. You know it all. Tell us about yeah. the moment. Yeah, so we, you know what I'm saying? We had a little crowd forming around. Everybody was trying to dunk. The other basketball players was trying to dunk. I went up there. I think it took me like two or three tries. I think it was on my second try. I dunked it. It was one of those great moments. You know, we're in middle school. So yeah. everyone thinks. I'm LeBron with it. Everybody thinks I just did a windmill 360. So it was it was a great moment in gym class. So how how tall were you? Sorry, how tall were you at that point? I was pretty tall in eighth, in eighth grade. I had to be like six, 
five, six, four. Wow. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, was I was four eleven. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I shot up. I shot up in high school. It got better, okay. but I'm we had very different middle school experiences, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so you you you're dunking, you go to back to Maryland. You you get called up to varsity. You win a state title, but the next year, your junior year, I would imagine. Now you've gotten a taste of winning, being part of a championship team. When do you start taking basketball seriously? Because to get where you have gone in the, as short of time as you have done it, of course you have to be blessed with some natural athletic ability and talent and length. But that's there's a lot of guys that have that. You've got to start working right. your ass off too. When did right. that start? Did that start around that time? It started before. It started actually when I first started playing in Atlanta. Uh, okay. I, I played on that on that high school uh, basketball team, and um, actually it was middle school. My high school actually didn't have a basketball team. My ninth grade year, that school didn't have a basketball team, so it was okay. actually in that eighth year. So, so playing on for the second half of the season because obviously I, I transferred in Christmas Christmas break at the end at the start of Christmas break. So, joining that team, it was I remember this. Like so vividly, I remember asking the coach, "So when do we practice?" He said, "Every day." I said, "Every day." So just just being able to, to to condition myself to practice every day, starting there, I had to take it serious. I mean, it was something that that I was doing for the majority of my day. It was something that I was thinking about, whether it was playing playing uh, basketball games or or practice. So from that moment on, I just took it serious, and of course, winning and aiding in Maryland at Perry Hall just only boosted my chances. And of course I didn't think of a college scholarship until I got one. So that wasn't even in the picture. So I was just taking it serious because it was something that I was pouring a lot of my time in. And and, and when I was, say it again. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. So yeah, I was going to say, so when I was blessed enough to get my first uh, collegiate offer, I think it was in, it was my 11th grade year during the high school season before even AU. And it was from Virginia Commonwealth University. I remember it. I remember taking a shower that night and just in the shower thinking like, I could probably really do this. Like now I'm a division one athlete. So just coming to that realization just only made me go harder and harder and deeper into the sport. I've got to imagine though, you were already before you ever joined a basketball team, you were already a very competitive person, weren't you? And that, that, that gaming mentality must've just translated pretty readily to the court. Of course, of course. And and, and people make fun of me because it sounds nerdy, but it's like, Everyone says, you say one more game. Well, when you lose that one more game, you need to play 10 more games and win 10 more games to to defend your honor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so just having that mentality, even on the basketball court, I mean, it's just miss the last shot. They got to make 10 more before you leave. Right? Mess up the dribble. Got to do the same dribble 10 times. Just just having that, just having that mentality. I mean, it, it may seem nerdy and, and funny when it comes to the game, but if you apply that to, to everything, everyday life, you have no, no choice but to be successful. So... Keep respawning. <laughs> Just keep respawning. Unless you play <laughs> this kind of <laughs> gotta wait as, to next round. <laughs> as your basketball career took off, did it have a direct impact on your video game career taking a dive a little bit? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, the same amount. The same amount. <laughs> but I'm not playing basketball, I'm on the I'm, I'm on the game. All right, so let's get into your junior year because you did have a momentous game in those playoffs. Walk us through 
the the circumstances of that game where you had your your kind of huge huge shot in those playoffs? Yeah, we talking about high school. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a game in 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 mind in specific? I, I just read that you hit in the state playoffs that you hit a game winning shot. Is that okay, true? So yeah. So yes, yes sir, yes sir. So so it was the first round of the playoffs. We were playing Mervo. And I remember because one of my childhood friends was on that team. His name is Will Thomas. He's from the same area. So obviously it was like Mervo's a city school. So and now I'm in the, I'm in Baltimore County. So this is a county school. So I remember the arena being split, the gym being split in half, and it was packed. Biggest crowd of the season. I remember they came out and punched us in the face. Obviously we were the, the big favorite. We had we had me, Laquille Hartnett, Anthony, Anthony Higgs, who were notable players in the area at that time. So we were a huge huge favorite but they came out and punched us in the face came down to one last defensive possession and it was I just got a layup I remember it, I actually had two shots at it so the first time I shot it my childhood friend uh, Will Thomas blocked it actually oh right at the rim blocked it I remember getting a rebound going right back up making it and it was over so that was that was definitely one of the highlights of my basketball career what is the single best moment that you remember, if it wasn't that, from your high school career? Was there one game or one moment that you think back on fondly? Uh, yeah, I do. And it's, it's crazy because it's not the state championship win. It's not, the, it's not any of that. It was, it was actually another game winner, but it was when I was playing JV. Okay. And it was a small gym. And it's, this meant a lot because this was the first year they were hosting JV playoffs. So... The, the this I forgot the team that's the school's name, but this school's varsity team wasn't making the playoffs, and their JV team had it wasn't making the playoffs either actually, and we were making the playoffs. We were one of the best, so they actually brought down varsity players that were eligible to play JV, not fair. to the JV team to play us to make it so we don't win the playoffs. It was if we win, we make the playoffs. If we don't, Bush we don't. League so, Bush league move by them. Exactly. Yeah, I, like I remember having such a great game. I think I had around twenty four points. I had 10 rebounds and I actually had a game winning jump shot. I think it was the best. I got an ISO play. I remember it like it was yesterday. I ISO play, walked him down. The varsity guy was guarding me, shot it at the buzzer, and it was good. And it, it my probably my favorite basketball moment because of the history behind it. And of course, they brought down varsity players. And at the time, it's my first year playing. I'm in JV. So, right. That's and awesome. Then you're hooked. Then you're hooked. Oh, it was over from that point. It was over. <laughs> what is so, your. What is your favorite thing to do on a basketball court in a game? What is your what is the moment, the thing that gets you the most hyped up? Um, it'll probably have to be a steal in, in, into a dunk. Obviously, those are very hard to come by, but just being able to cut off a passing lane and and at Miami, uh, I, I got to see uh, Indiana's gym and it's beautiful. At Miami, the student section is right behind one of the the scoreboards. I mean, the, the backboards. So being able to steal it and look up and see everyone in the student section stand up and just to go up and dunk it and they know you're going to dunk it. So they're getting loud leading up to the moment. It's just that special. It gets me, it gets my heart pumping. It gets me really hyped. Just being able to have the crowd into it. You said that VCU was the first scholarship offer, but you know, at some point here along the way, you become a, a four-star ranked recruit and right. a lot more offers pour in. So from somebody who wasn't even thinking about playing basketball to within, what, a couple of years having schools from all over the country 
excellent basketball school saying, we would like you to come here and have a free education uh, mm-hmm. because of your tremendous basketball skills. How do you, how did you process that? How did you and Ma Deuce, how did you guys get oriented into like, uh, how are we going to make this decision? And then how did you decide on Miami? Right. And, and, and it's crazy because we kind of just rode the gravy train until it was time to make that decision. So, <laughs> so heaven, heaven, <laughs> exactly. Heaven, heaven wasn't listening to all those schools and having them call me. Of course, it was a rush because it was so many people and so many different coaching staffs and personalities reaching out to me. But it, again, it's, it's something that almost no one gets to experience. And, and just being able to, again, going from not taking the sport seriously at all, not thinking about the sport had having anything to do with my future to being able to get a free education off just playing ball at the end of the day, just playing basketball. It was, it was also good, but again, I had to make that decision at some point. So when it came down to, to cutting down schools and, and, and to really thinking about where my next home should be, it got really real. Cause of course, again, like you said earlier, like being a freshman coming into college, you think this is going to be your home for four years, especially this was before NIO. So just, just having to slow down, and, and, and talk with my family, talk with my mom, talk with my little brother and just understanding that this decision will be the biggest decision I will make at this point. And, it, and it's the most important and it's something that I have to mature with and accept. So just just taking it in, taking it like a man, taking it to the chin and, and having fun with it at the end of the day. I mean, it's still playing basketball and and just just trying to figure out what culture I want to be a part of next. So what was it about Miami and coach? I feel weird calling him Coach L because I don't have that relationship with him. But what was it about that combo that, I mean, my God, you chose them over Kansas and right. Bill Self, which is like, that's pretty amazing. Um, what was it about them that convinced you Miami was the spot? Yeah, I mean, it was it was their play style. And it, it, it was Coach L's dedication to the, to the sport. I mean, not saying Bill Self doesn't have dedication or any other schools didn't have dedication to sure. the sport. But I wasn't. I was I didn't go on a visit to Kansas, right? So I, I I went to UM. I got to see the campus, which is a beautiful campus, of course, in person. I got to meet Coach L in person. I got to hear about his history, and I just got to see how, how young he really was. I mean, I mean, you look at Coach L on paper; he's one of the oldest coaches left coaching, especially in the ACC. So just seeing his energy and his fire and his will to to create a different type of culture at UM at the time it was just. It was inspiring to me, and it was something that I wanted to be a part of. How how much did going to South Beach influence your decision? It's crazy because I don't like the beach. It's, it's crazy because I don't like the beach. So well, probably my, and welcome <laughs> to Bloomington. <laughs> my probably one time. So we didn't even go to the beach on my visit. So wow. Now I am getting a distinct feeling that Mom Deuce mm-hmm. does not play. And education has been an important thing in your life. A- am I on the right track here that your mom uh, makes sure that that you have your priorities straight? One hundred percent. And that's probably why uh, another huge reason why University of Miami was one of the leading uh, schools in my decision was because of how prestigious the academics are here. So, yeah, she she really takes that into heavy account. She can't wait till I get my degree. She has her degree. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. All right, so you go to Miami, and we don't need to go through, um, you know, year by year because honestly, it's Miami, and we don't really care about Miami. But, <laughs> but I am. Look, I want to ask you maybe a, a tough question, but in just looking at your 
your years there, your minutes, you know, your freshman year, you don't get to play that much. Your minutes double your sophomore year and, and your production goes way up as well. And then your minutes get really cut your junior and senior year. You're on this upward trajectory really from the time you're 15 years old until your sophomore year in, in college where it just seems like you're growing, you're getting more attention, you're learning the game more, you're getting more play, you're recruited by big schools, you're now playing a bunch your sophomore year, and then you get cut pretty significantly your junior year. How did you handle that, that adversity? Um, and, and yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, you just seem like a guy with such a great attitude. How do you keep that going in the face of not playing as much as I'm sure you would like? Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I was blessed enough to go to Brewster Academy where during my years we had great players on the team. Obviously, we had Kai Jones, who plays for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Jalen Hugh, who's one of the best high school recruits at the time, T, T, uh, T. Clark, Terrence Clark. So just being able to be around those guys and be around that amount of competition and not starting that year, because up until that year, mm. I started everything I was on. So just not starting that year and understanding that the the sum is 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 way bigger and way more important than the part. So, yeah, just just learning that everyone has to make sacrifices if we want to win. We were blessed enough to get a, an, an amazing transfer in Jordan, in Jordan Miller, who who really was the Achilles heel to our team. He really propelled our team to be the best that it could have been. So, just having him on the team, obviously getting to learn from him. He's an older guy, older than me, and just just being able to understand that winning takes winning has a cost you know what i'm saying it, it, it wasn't that really big of a deal i mean i had fun i have wow. fun i mean my sophomore year it wasn't really that fun i mean i i was doing i was playing well individually but we weren't winning so mm -hmm. it wasn't really that but just being able to again play basketball with the people i love and the people around me it just just made it that much easier we were winning games so what can i say we made it to the elite eight that year and then this this recent year we made it to the final four so these are dreams that every basketball player has a accomplishing that is uh an amazing answer you know i mean just uh, that you are so clearly genuinely selfless in that the the winning it's not just oh you got to say this uh, when there's a microphone in front of you but it's truly who you are says so much about who you are um and let's let's talk about um obviously the elite eight is a great milestone too um, and certainly since it didn't come against Indiana, we can talk about what it was like punching the ticket to go to the final four, you know, f going back home, going to the campus for a couple of days with the whole uh, university, knowing you're gonna, going to the final four. Just what, what was the, the, the feeling amongst the program and, and then actually going to the final four, take us through the experience. Logging on to Call of Duty to let all the gamers know that you made the Final Four. I mean, all that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just just, just being in the locker room when the year first started and, and seeing everyone's dedication and, and their genuine attitude to want to win and, and then seeing it come to life later in the season and us actually achieving the goals that we wanted to achieve, it was it was out of body, man. I mean, even from 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 – Isaiah Wong, who played 30, 40 minutes a game, to the walk-on who didn't play at all, to the to the GA that didn't get to travel with us, that came anyway to support us. Oh, it was wow. it was from from head coach to to walk-on. It was it was professional, and 
it really speaks volumes to Coach L and it really speaks volumes to the players and the staff and everyone around him about how, how much of an impact he can have and how much positivity he can spread. Because this this is something, again, like I, like I reiterated earlier, that, that every basketball player, especially in college, wants to be a part of. I mean, Final Four, I mean, we grew up watching the Final Four, seeing players go to the Final Four and then have great careers in the NBA. I mean, this is something that that's once in a lifetime. So just being able to be a part of it. Wait, what, being, what? Let's hope it's like twice in a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> twice. Of course, that's definitely the plan. That's definitely the plan. All right. Yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish up. Finish up. I was going to add fluff, so we can go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm about to add some real fluff. Uh, so we love to get to know you off the court as well. We we now know you're a gamer. I know you like crab. Don't like sushi. You've got one meal. What are you going to get for that one meal? No, don't worry about cost. You can have anything in the world you want. What is the meal? Give me appetizer, main dish, dessert, the whole thing. Because I know my mom is going to watch this back and going to start busting out laughing when you ask that question. Because this is going to be the most boring answer you probably ever got. Oh, I can't wait. Simple. I'm going with chicken tenders and french fries. <laughs> Honey mustard sauce and a sweet tea. That's all I need. From where? A particular restaurant? Uh, no, it's no any restaurant because you can't mess them up. You can't mess them up. Now, are you a Raising Cane's guy? Do you know Raising Cane's? I do know Raising Cane's, and they've actually never been in anywhere that I've lived except for now. They, Florida just added one, I think, a month ago, but it's extremely far, like forty-five minutes away. You know, it's in the heart of Bloomington. I was just going to say that I did see a Raising Cane's <laughs> on campus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is great. All right, Ward, okay. what do you yeah. want to know? You're, uh, whether you're in the weight room, you're playing Call of Duty, some tunes are playing, What what's the track, what's the album, what's the artist that you're playing to get you, to get you going? <laughs> so when I'm, when I'm gaming and stuff like that, it's, it's more hip-hop. So I listen to, like, Gunna, Little Dirt, Little Baby. But it's funny because when I'm working out or when right before a game when I have my headphones on, it's, it's Jasmine Sullivan. It's, it's, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's female artists like that. Her, just like slow R&B uh, female singing. It just, it really gets me in that mode and it gets me focused. Exactly. Jill Scott? Yeah. Jill Scott? You get into Jill I Scott at all? Scott. I don't listen to a lot of Jill Scott. Okay. All right. Interesting. That's interesting. That's that interesting. it like kind of maybe calms you down and gets you focused yeah. in rather than getting you more revved up than you already are. Right, right. Alicia okay. Keys? Are you into Alicia Keys at all? A little bit of Alicia Keys, but she's not in the playlist. She's not in no. the playlist like that. All right. Uh, favorite movie? You're going to have a movie night. You want to watch one movie. You're not going to be able to watch any movies for the next year. This is the last movie you get to watch for one year. What movie are you popping in? That's a great question. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm probably going to have to go with Wally. Ooh. Wally stuck. I don't know what it is about the little robot, but the, Wally stuck with me. Wow, that is awesome! Yeah. That you know the amazing thing about that movie, like the first twenty minutes of that movie, not a single word is said. Mm -hmm. It's just Wally going around that planet and cleaning up stuff, and that is an amazing movie. I love that choice. Do yep. you think maybe part of it was you were watching Wally and you were like? relating to those humans that just sat in those chairs and just had those screens right in front of their face. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, 
Ready Player One, that movie? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's another movie that's probably right there. But it's not Ready Player One. Have you read the book? I haven't. Read the book. The book is light years better than the movie. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure it is. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the book. I liked the movie and I loved the book. Yeah. I felt the opposite. Really? Yeah, I felt the book, it got kind of like redundant. It's like the movie just was the good stuff. The movie movie was extremely good. I I liked it. I liked it. There was another movie that came around the same time that dealt with similar themes called The Circle. Did you ever see that one? I see The Circle. Yeah, it's not as good as as, as Ready Player One. But I like the concept, though. Like The way that those think are crazy. So I like the concept. Uh, uh, Guilty pleasure what's something whether it's something you watch or something you eat something you're like ah this isn't the best for me but i'm just like it and i'm going to indulge um i don't know i'm like see i'm the guy that doesn't eat candy doesn't drink soda really so just sweet tea they'll probably have to do mcdonald's it'll probably have to do be mcdonald's you know McDonald's what's the order the- what's the order at mcdonald's if i get a 20 piece nugget large fry large sweet tea and I and nice. I get a and a smoothie on the side. Oh, I like that. <laughs> let me let me tell you something embarrassing about me and McDonald's. When okay. I was a kid, we went to McDonald's once a week. It was like a thing. My mom would take us to McDonald's, and I loved it. It was like the greatest thing. My we used to do birthday parties at McDonald's. That's what we would do. And this was back in the day when Big Macs had like a cardboard or styrofoam you know, um, container and uh, the birthday party, the game that you would play is how many big Mac containers can you stack? That was, (laughs) that was entertainment, but there was a good part of my life, including in Indiana, when I had no parents around me and I could just get what I wanted. My order at McDonald's was a supersized fry. Remember when they went to supersize, it was a supersized French fry, a chalk, the, the supersized chocolate milkshake, a Big Mac with no cheese and and a fish fillet sandwich. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Aunt, I had that two to three times a week. The fish fillet thing is just a tad bit too far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did it you is. see that they the, the Big Mac sauce in the in the um Yes? The, you know? I just saw that. And but I always thought the Big Mac sauce was just Thousand Island dressing. I thought that that's what it was. It might be, but hey, they're doing a great job of making money off it. Yeah, they are. And, I like that. And uh, this is this is a warning. Should you happen across Eric while in Bloomington, um, <laughs> if you go on his dietary regimen, you will not be able to run up and down the basketball court again. <laughs> it will take you weeks to recover. Like what Eric just described as his McDonald's meal is like one fifth of a day worth of calories in Bloomington. The way you are a world-class athlete, Eric is a world-class eater. He is gifted. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. All right, favorite TV show. You got a favorite TV show of all time? Does anime count? Yeah, sure. Naruto. Naruto. Really? Extremely basic, but Naruto. 100%. Can you strike can you strike the running pose? The running pose? Uh I can. I can actually. That's pretty easy. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Jutsu. I got jutsu too. Wow. I do, hey, I'm I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I love it. When you went for your Indiana visit, do you remember where they took you to dinner? Um 
I don't. Was I it don't. Malibu Grill? Does that ring a bell? Malibu or Buffaloes for chicken wings? We ate Buffaloes for 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 lunch. There you go. We did that for lunch. I think we might have actually. Does that place have like uh, small pizzas as appetizers? Malibu. That might have been Uptown. Uptown Cafe. Yeah, we went to Uptown Cafe. Okay. Yeah, we, those I are think, good places. I think they went to the first place my first night there. They took my mom and my brother there. I had a couple of delays, so I didn't make it. But I think we they went there my first night. How old so, is your brother? He's a year younger than me. A year and fifteen months. Where is so he? Is he is he in school? Bowie State University. I actually just made the dean's list. Nice. Made, yeah. Very nice. Will we will we be able to see your mom and brother come to some games in Bloomington this year? You hear my mom at some games. No, <laughs> no matter where you're sitting, you will hear her. Trust I me. love that. All love five that. feet, eleven inches of her. <laughs> hey, how tall is your brother? Oh, he. This is the first time I've seen him in a couple of years because I've been away. So he's about taller than me. He might really? be six eight, if if not the six eight, six nine. Yeah. Does he play? He doesn't. He doesn't play. Does he play video games? He plays video games. <laughs> Is he better than you? He, he that's what he thinks. What he th <laughs> yeah, I like, I'm better at a variety of games. So who, who, I'm the better I'm the better video gamer. Now, Got if it. he decides what games we play, he knows which ones to decide. Then he might he might get over on me a couple of times. All right. Uh, Fortnite. You ever get into Fortnite? I did when it was really extreme, when it was like really new, really new on the system, but I don't play it anymore. It's gotten too sweaty for me. Sweaty? <laughs> I don't even know what, what that means. What does that mean? So when someone is in the screen sweating while they're playing the game, you should yeah. not be sweating while you're playing the game. <laughs> but then you're trying just a tad bit too hard on yeah. a casual game. Now, my only gaming comes uh, via my nine-year-old son. And so the, the the games he's really into now, well, there's some like more open world games and stuff like that, but he's got me going on some Fall Guys. Have you ever okay. Fall guys I played Fall Guys before, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time, but I'm reminded why like other sports and games, I don't do it very much because I'm just real bad at it. And when I find myself starting to swear in front of my nine-year-old son, because I'm falling off some sort of rolling cylinder. I'm like, this this is not a good example. I should, I should... understand emotion now. What is it? At least you understand the emotion that comes with the games yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I tell him. I was like, buddy, this is this is why I don't do this. And when <laughs> I hear him starting to get aggravated, I'm like, you gotta walk away. You gotta walk away. <laughs> you can only play it if it's fun. Right. Right. But again, that, that competitive instinct comes out. I mean, it's you and 99 other people in that one fall guys race. <laughs> All right. You got to be, you got to make it to the next level. So I understand. But yeah, it's definitely fun to play and it, it can definitely get very emotional. Trust me. All right. A couple more questions before we let you go. Have you ever seen the movie Hoosiers? I have not seen the movie Hoosiers, but it's Homework. something I need. Homework. Time in. Homework. Okay. Put I, down okay. the video games. Load up Hoosiers. You'll understand how much basketball means in the state of Indiana. Okay. Simple as that. I got you. Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll interject one, Eric. I hope it's not your second one. No, go for it. How much do you hate Purdue? Mm. It's crazy. I have no emotion against Purdue right now. I got to play them my sophomore year. 
I mean, actually, it was my junior year at, at UM. I got to play him with Zach Eady. Zach Eady was still uh, pretty young. He didn't play that much, but we ended up beating him. Yes. So I don't really have blood. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any bad blood against Purdue right now because I'm up with him. They haven't done nothing bad to me. But, of course, I've done my research on, on the history that it has with, with uh, IU. So trust me, when that game comes, it will be personal. I got to tell you, man, I watched – a bunch of highlight videos of you that I could find on YouTube. I did some research on you. I did not get to see any interviews with you, so I had no idea what you were like. I, I had This was a, a blank slate. And I got to tell you, man, you won me over in about 10 seconds. Uh, you have got an infectious personality. I love your attitude. I love your maturity. I love Ma Deuce. Is it Ma Deuce or Mom Deuce? It's, it's Mom Dukes. Oh, Mom Dukes. Dukes. Mom Dukes. Okay. okay. I love Mom Dukes, and I love what she's done with you, obviously. I, I am so happy that you decided to come to Indiana. I can't wait to root like hell for you and support you. Once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier. We got your back. And and I, I honestly, I, I just, uh, you're a really impressive young man and really happy to have you and proud to have you as part of Indiana University. I appreciate that. And I can't thank you guys enough for the conversation for allowing me to be on your platform. Obviously, this is something that y'all hold dearly, something that y'all take extremely good care of. So I appreciate you having my face on there and I appreciate the conversation. Hey, man, we can't wait to get back to Bloomington and cheer for you in person. And well, I'm not going to say we're going to take you out to eat because that would that would destroy, you know, your game shape. Um, but <laughs> but to actually uh, see you in the candy stripes out there on the court, it's going to be a thrill for all of us. For sure. And I'm not sure, Ant, if they've told you this or not, but all the you'll be in Indiana. You'll be there for August, obviously, but you'll probably get there well before that. Um, all the players on the Indiana University team participate in a fantasy weekend that we put together. Okay. which is part of our NIL collective that we do, where you will be a coach for a bunch of guys like us yeah, playing in yeah. Assembly Hall. They, so, told, they told me that, and I'm extremely excited for that. Listen, you got to draft one of us. You've oh, got to oh, be a coach. Oh, yeah, it's our first. We'll be the first. Okay, okay. Me it first. doesn't matter who you draft first. We both suck, and we <laughs> will not impact winning. We just have to draft one of us. So don't, don't worry. I got you. We are what you would call late-round draft picks. Late round, at least they got draft picks on the end of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. These are draft picks. <laughs> All right, and before uh, we let you go, gun control. Where do you stand? <laughs> okay, just kidding. Just kidding. See my and picture? We're watching <laughs> Uh, we love you buddy and uh, really really happy to meet you really happy again I really appreciate this opportunity and I thank you for the conversation I genuinely appreciated it good luck man have a great graduation thank you thank you you guys be safe and have an amazing day that was a guest that was a guest I love that guy holy shit I mean I'm dead serious I did not see one interview with him I did not have a clue what his personality was like and you talk to him for 10 seconds and you're like, we've talked about this before, Ward, like present, like just being present in the conversation yep. and not like bullshit answers, but like thoughtful and like engaging in it in a fun way. Oh, he yeah. Had it all right there. It reminds me of like the great players that we have talked to of yesteryear that are that engaged. Yeah, but you always think about those great players have had 10, 20, 30, 40 years to 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 simmer and and build their Be stories. An adult. 
and live lives, you know, and for, for a young man like that to come in just guns ablazing with personality and stories and insight and humor, it is, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to root like hell for that guy. And, and, you know, not just because of the uniform he's wearing, but because of the man that he is. I, I couldn't agree more. I wrote down just a couple of things. First of all, Mom Dukes. I mean, you got to love Mom Dukes punches hard. Yeah. I mean, I that was a highlight. I was going to I was going to bring up how uh, uh, Mom Roberts used to use a wooden spoon out of the kitchen. That's 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 how I got tough. My mom smacked me in the face with a wooden spoon once. Actually, a wooden uh, spatula, a wooden spatula. She smacked yeah. me right in the face with it. Yeah, no, my mom would go with the wooden spoon up until like seventh grade and then and then she broke one over my butt and i was just laughing at her and yeah. that and that was the end of it that, that yeah, was that's the good end. um another part that i loved him talking about how his sophomore year was not fun his best year in college was his sophomore year statistically Statistic. he played the most yeah he had the most points most rebounds most blocks it was the least fun he had because we weren't winning is what he said and, and what a, it, what a great answer like you you pointed it out when he answered it the, the maturity to give that answer about minutes being cut and, and how he approached it. It's, it, it's the sincerity it's right. Like, cause you could be a mature and this is what you say to the media in a public forum. You, you say it's about winning more than the individual thing, but it, it was just, it was so obvious. That was his truth. I, I couldn't agree more. His smile is amazing. I encourage everybody to watch the video on this because he's just so engaging and funny and, um, clearly intelligent you know what i mean i mean just a clearly smart guy takes his studies seriously uh mom dukes takes his studies seriously yeah just i love the attitude this is a team first guy this is a team first guy who if we're winning that's what makes him happy and you know we've talked recently with coach ya about it that not not everybody is cut out for indiana for for a lot of different reasons uh, but when you you think about that filter, our coaches need to use on like, hey, we're going to bring somebody into the fam here. They're they're going to need to be able to mesh with the team. So, well, it's uh, as you said in the first ten seconds, you're like, oh, this guy's great. He's going to fit in spectacularly with our program and not only diminish chemistry. How can a guy like that not even just raise it and improve morale and attitude and the desire to win? And I love that he went to Miami and doesn't like the beach. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I really, I, no, honestly, I do like that. Like, I, I just feel like it means that he chose Miami for the right reasons. Well, I didn't want to keep pressing on him, but I wasn't actually asking him if he liked the beach. But the fact that that's the answer he gave to the question that you were leading to, to me, means his head is screwed on straight. It really is. And, and, and he's our, focused on the right things. Yeah, and that's it, – it is – uh, just so, so, so different from my own mindset at that age. And oh now, if we're being completely honest, that it is, it's wonderful to see young men like this who, hey, I, I hope he comes in, has a great year, we have a great year, and wherever basketball might take him after that, great. But whenever the ball stops bouncing for this guy, he's going to do great. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I – I don't know what I was going to say. I had a point and then it just went away. I got a lot on my mind board. I got a lot on my mind. See, but you have that excuse. I lose my train of thought just, just because. 
Yeah, it's true. It, it happens regularly on this show. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the sometimes why. I hope I edited it in. <laughs> did you edit it in last week? I did. Oh, good. Now, you don't put in all of our conversation, the preamble to get him to do it, right? You cut that out? With Jalen, I did. With this one, I could take it out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I but it's, so. you know, it's, I mean, it's more edits. <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about editing. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, uh, that was really fun. Um, I do. I, oh, I know what I was going to say. You said how not everybody is cut out for Indiana. And we talked to Ya about that. The other thing that I was reminded of in talking to him and hearing his answers, especially about playing time, is not everybody's the star either. Not everybody is the 15 to 17 point a game, you know, 10 to 12 rebound a game guy. And every good team, including national championship teams and Final Four teams, have a lot of guys who just bust their ass and do what they're good at. I mean, I am reminded now when I watch Golden State Warriors play, Kevon Looney is getting 22 rebounds a game, doesn't even look to shoot the basketball unless it's a wide-open layup. And you need those pieces who not only will do that, but want to do that. Like, they realize what their role is. I know I don't have to be a guy that scores 15 points a game. I'm going to embrace what I'm good at and be the best at that. And you just get the sense when this guy's talking about that his goal on the basketball court is to be the first guy back on defense and the first guy down on offense. How yes. wonderful is that to hear? Ward, we've never heard that. In all the years we've we've been doing this, we yeah. have not heard that from anybody. That is a so, first. Um, I loved it. I, I And like you said, you just want to root like hell for this kid and his family. Love him. All right, man. I love you. Mm. Okay. <laughs> From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're who's 